Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hello and welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hilliard. It started as a newspaper column, <laughs> then it became a podcast, and now it's a podcast and a radio show. Only We're only moments away from it becoming a mini-series. Uh, I think it and, should be a feature film. And probably a movie. And knowing my luck, Meryl Streep will play me in this. <laughs> Who's going to play me then, Kevin? <laughs> I knew you'd ask that. Sam Neill. Hello, hello, Sarah Patterson. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, Kevin. Philip. Aloysius Eugene Hillier. We have a terrific guest on our program. She's a delightful oh, guest. She is an absolute ripper. What a what a charming and effervescent and delightful human being. Lavinia Nixon. Exactly. That's who I was thinking of too. <laughs> we have a wonderful <laughs> chat about everything, about her ability in the kitchen, about COVID, about lockdowns, but also about her media career, the hey, hey days, right through to presenting the weather on uh, Channel 9 News. And- and, and, oh, and oh, gossip, oh, gossip, gossip. Oh, 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 Arnold Horshack. Her love affair with Peter Hitchener. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful tale. Um, they have a beautiful relationship, those You know two. what? I reckon we all have a love affair with Peter Hitchener, <laughs> to be honest. Well, I, I don't think there is any nicer person on the planet, uh, is well, there? Lavinia would run him a very close second, I'm telling you. Oh, he, he is a wonderful man. I mean, how he can is. you not love him? But also, how can you not love Lavinia. Which reminds me, he's on a previous episode of uh, this uh, podcast. Oh, yes, so he if is. you want to go back, if you're trawling back through old episodes, have a listen to Peter Hitchener because he was uh, he was a delight, mm. as is the lady you're about to hear right now, Lavinia Nixon. And we'll get to our food pile and all the other things a little later on. But here's Lavinia. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Now, Lavinia, you are a busy mum of two. Is uh, the kitchen somewhere you spend a lot of time and is it a happy place for you? (laughs) I am sitting in the kitchen right now. Ah. It is not my happy place at the moment because it is such a mess. Oh. Oh, can I be completely honest? Please do. I hate cooking. I hate it. Oh, wow. It's just another chore that has to be done. You spend all this time, like I make a cake every day before I go to work so the kids have got something to eat when they get home. I have to do slow cooker dinners because <laughs> I'm, you know, leaving the house at nine in the morning and not coming back till eight at night. It drives me bananas. You get to the end of the day and you have nothing to show for all this effort except, you know, happy faces and full tummies and a bench full of dirty dishes. <laughs> I It is just such a chore. So, yeah, I'm probably not the right person to be on your podcast. <laughs> but mind you, mind you. No, a lot of people are like that. <laughs> the slow cooker is uh, one of the world's most wondrous inventions, isn't it? You can chuck something in there at the start of the day and it's all done when you get back home. Oh, it is um, sadly my best friend during school term because, you know, there are some mornings when I'll have to go and shoot postcards. So I'll have dinner done by 7 a.m. By 7 a.m., it's in the slow cooker. Then I'm on to lunches, for lunch boxes, and then the kids wake up and we do breakfast together. And by this time, it's quarter to eight, and I'm thinking, oh, I've done three meals for four people in 45 minutes. I'm exhausted. And then I go and start a full day's work. So, yeah, the slow cooker helps me out a lot. And it's so lovely coming home and smelling all those aromas that have just been gently simmering all day. I do like that part of it. So there's no spontaneity in the kitchen for you. You can't you can't afford that. That's a luxury. 
And that's a luxury. We have a whiteboard with the days of the week written on it. And every Sunday I sit down and write a meal plan for the week and I go and shop for it on Monday morning. It's very dull. (laughs) But it's the only way that we can get through the week with everything that we've got going on. How different is life for you at the moment, Lavinia? Um, Like the rest of us in Melbourne, we went through extended lockdowns and uh, Mm. now the world is back on its axis. How different is life now compared to those days? Well, you know, I guess it feels a little bit like it's back to normal, but I also don't think that everything will ever get back to normal. So I just feel like people are very hesitant to go out, or maybe not even hesitant, that might not be the right word. Can't be bothered mm. is probably more the vibe that I'm getting. And I, um, I also feel a lot like that. I feel like I'm trying to get a lot of obligations off my plate. I'm not interested in sort of doing a lot of things these days to keep everybody else happy. I'm more uh, protective of my time. So, yeah, I, I think it's really changed people's mindsets. Yeah, I, I think you've really hit on something. I think the motivation factor, yeah. just the plucking up the motivation to go out or accept invitations, it's um, it's complete. It really has changed us in uh, in ways we... We couldn't have foreseen. Absolutely. And, you know, we, well, we obviously need um, people run businesses and they need people out and about and spending money and things like that. So I'm so happy to do that. But, I, I you know, I, I sort of made this rule, I made this before COVID, I don't have two meals outside the house in a row because I figure if you're leaving the home after breakfast and you're not home until you're putting your head on the pillow, that's too long. So for me... Being at home is like my sanctuary and it charges my batteries. And if I'm out for two meals in a row, I'm, my batteries are empty. <laughs> so, yeah, so I sort of structure, you know, we're, we're very lucky. We get invited to so many things, which is very kind of people. Um, but I'm probably a little bit more protective of my time. And also because my kids get home and I'm at nine doing the weather, I get home at 7.30. So if I went straight out, and then didn't get home until after they were in bed. I've only seen them that morning. So for me to go out at night, it's got to be something pretty, pretty big. Yeah. Now that makes sense. So uh, just putting a value on your time. Hey, uh, when you scan the kitchen there, is there a, is there a coffee machine that uh, is, is your friend as well as the slow cooker? Oh, yeah, the coffee machine. Mm-hmm. We love that one. Yeah, that gets a little bit of a workout. <laughs> I heard my husband grinding the beans at 5.30 this morning. I'm like, oh, it's a bit early for that. <laughs> so you need that caffeine fix to uh, to get you through the day? I do. I only have one a day, though, and I never drink coffee after midday because it just works with my sleeping. So I've already had one today, and yeah, that'll be it for the day. God, and then you're I'm disciplined. A girl. Very disciplined. That's unbelievable willpower. <laughs> oh, not really. I never really need more than one a day. I love my sleep, so I do go to bed pretty early, and I get up pretty early. But um, yeah, so one coffee's enough. That's fine. That's enough. What about a sweet tooth? Do you have one of those? I did have a sweet tooth until I spent a year working on a TV show and did all the baking stories. (laughs) So every week I would go and interview these incredible chefs about how they make creme caramel and I'd watch them make it. And then the next week, you know, a different chef in a cafe and how he makes his famous croissants and this, that and the other. 
And by the end of the year, I just went, I can't stand the smell of sugar. I'm done. And it was probably good timing, you know, in life as you start to get that little sort of middle-earth friend. It's not the worst thing in the world to go off, take some biscuits. Your um, TV work, Lavinia, has seen you uh, travel the world. So I imagine you've um, been able to sample many different and varied and wonderful uh, cuisines. Are there any, any that stand out and any that are your particular favourite? Well, I was lucky enough early this year to go to Corsica. And there's a little town there called Bonifacio. So it's just off the coast of Italy, but it is a part of France. And this little town, Bonifacio, sits high up on the cliff top. It's got this citadel wall around it, and it's surrounded by the Mediterranean Ocean. So you go to this incredible little town, you take a little bus up to this, up through these cobblestone streets to the centre of the town, and from there, you're just surrounded by incredible cobblestone streets. You've got stone buildings with those bright blue shutters. You've got the Mediterranean behind you. And you're sitting there eating incredible octopus and that beautiful Mediterranean diet of, you know, tomatoes and olives and all these beautiful wines. And to me, the food the golden light that part of the world is famous for and that incredible culture, the language that you're hearing, people speaking French everywhere, all these gorgeous little shops that sell homewares and soaps and beautiful garlic hanging from the roof. Like To me, that was just a little slice of heaven and it wouldn't matter what you ate there, it would taste incredible. So that's about the experience as wow. a whole beyond just just the food. It's it's the surrounds. Absolutely. Well, don't you think that the surrounds add to the food? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And the best bit, someone else has cooked it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there anything you won't eat? Have oh. you got a you got a not on not on my not on your Nelly list? Um, I don't really like anchovies. Mm. I don't really like olives, but I'm compelled every second year just to eat a few to see if that's changed, and it hasn't. <laughs> every time I eat, I'm like, why did I do that? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not a very fussy eater at all, so I'll pretty much eat anything as long as someone else has cooked it. <laughs> Lavinia, you've had a, um, a long and, and rewarding um, television and, and radio career. You've been on our screens yeah. for quite a while now, and, uh, I mean, I lately um, the hey, hey days have have been about um, in in uh, the media because 50th anniversary and, and so forth. Um, you look back on those days and uh, what are your memories? Oh, it, it holds such a special place in my heart. It was really such an incredible step for me. I basically went from no one knowing who on earth I was, in myself included. You know, I was only 22, so you don't really know who you are at that age. Mm. To um, stepping into this primetime show that had such history behind it. it, really was an iconic Australian show, and I basically didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> but you know, I had such a beautiful cast and crew around me, and I just asked so many questions. That's one thing I always say to people: don't be afraid to ask questions because people love helping other people and they love being able to share some of their skills because it's really such a compliment, isn't it? If you go and ask somebody for their advice 
in terms of your career. It means you're really staking a lot in what they're about to tell you. So, you know, I had um, Russell Gilbert was teaching me how to tell gags. Mm-hmm. You know, Glenn Robbins was shaping the way that I would say a joke. <laughs> I had all these incredible people to bounce off and learn from. And, you know, I remember my second night on the show was the night that Michael Hutchins passed away. And Daryl said to me, look, obviously, you know, we're going to talk about this. He said, just leave it with me because I knew Michael and I've got that history with him and, I, and I'll, I'll be able to handle it. And I went, absolutely. I mean, this is your show. I, I will just be here to support you. So Daryl opened the show and, of course, you know, all of Australia and globally we were just grieving about this huge loss. And he talked about that and he talked about Michael being on Hey Hey and the impact that that had had on the show. And he managed to take the audience on this incredible story through the history of everything, but then bring everybody up to the level that a show like Hey Hey required in terms of energy and get people back and excited and looking forward to the next two hours of live television. And I remember sitting there thinking that was amazing that is such an incredible skill and talent to be able to do that and I I just I learned a lot from watching that and now when I'm working on the news with Peter Hitchener (laughs) I'm standing there watching the auto cue while he's reading it so I'm getting a sense of what's coming and I'm listening to how he's reading it and I'm just thinking oh yeah that's brilliant yeah I like how he did that there might be a grammatical mistake in there and Pete is fixing it on the run while he's reading live, which is quite a skill. So you just you're always learning, you're always picking up things. There's so many skills that people have that I don't have, and it's wonderful to be able to watch that and learn from that. And you, look at it, it obviously on the hey hey days. Um, my memory is that. Um, it really expanded your repertoire in terms of interviewing skills. You had um, opportunities to to interview people, and I remember you did a, um, a a chat with Jennifer Love Hewitt, who revealed to you her love of Tim Tams while she was in Australia. And to me, it was not so much an interview, but it almost came across as a chat between friends, which to me, I think, is the mark of a uh, a wonderful uh, interview. That it doesn't seem like an interview. Oh, thank you. That's really kind. Um. Yeah, it was a it was a great experience. Um, you know, they're interesting those junkets because you are literally running from one room to the next, and you have to do every single interview. So, for example, Warner Brothers will say, "We want you to come over and interview the cast of ER," but to do that, you have to interview every single other person on every other show that they have, in the hope that one day you'll air that as well. So you might sit through. <laughs> 25 interviews of people you've never seen before in your life to get the one interview that you've flown halfway around the world for. So there were some times when I would sit down and I hadn't even seen the TV show because it wasn't even on in Australia and I would be running from one room to the other and as I was crossing the hallway, my producer would say, she plays Sarah and um, it, it's set on Mars. And I go, okay. <laughs> wow, you know, sci-fi, this is going to be incredible. Tell me all about it. And I was literally hanging off every word that they said because I had no idea what was coming. Oh. And I remember um, one time I'd finished an interview and um, Warner Brothers 
approached my producer and said, do you think we could use all of the responses that Lavinia got from the interviewees as part of our international file that we send around to everyone? Mm. Because they said, we find that when people are talking to her, they're really relaxed and they're really comfortable and we get better answers from them and they're the grabs that we want to use in different countries around the world. And I said, sure. In hindsight, I should have said, well, for a fee. Yeah, exactly. How much? <laughs> what a wonderful compliment, though. That's, that's a missed nice. opportunity there. Yeah. yeah, it was really, it was really was a lovely compliment. So um, I, I think you get more out of people if, if they're relaxed. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't go into interviews trying to score points. It's really, you know what, if you look good, then the whole interview looks good and that makes me happy. So. <laughs> Let's just make you look really good and you shine and then I'll just sort of, you know, get a little bit of that glow as well. <laughs> Speaking of great rapports, it seems it would seem to the audience that you and Peter Hitchener have a wonderful uh, rapport. Oh, we love each other. We absolutely <laughs> love each other. We tell each other him? every day. Like I don't know if it breaks HR rules or whatever, but we tell each other all the time that we love each other. It's really sweet. He's one of the most likeable human beings on the planet. There's no doubt about that. He is. And do you remember, it was a while ago now, he had a migraine on air. And he you had to step in. Work. Yeah, you stepped in. Ah, oh, it was terrible. Everybody thought the worst. And because it was happening live on air, it's not like you could run over and say, Peter, you're okay. So um, Pete threw to a package and then stepped off camera and – um, you know, I was in the studio and I watched the whole thing happen and Clint Danaway came in and read the rest of the news. He did an amazing job. But nobody knew what was happening and I was all white and, you know, very shaky and I went up to the newsroom and it was just so quiet and no one was really, like, talking. It was that, it was that kind of thing that if someone asked you how you were, you would have burst into tears and you just can't do that when you've got the rest of a live news bulletin. So I sort of held it in, held it in, held it in. And, you know, I saw Pete after the news and he seemed fine, but he was just going to go and see a doctor and just to make sure and tick everything off. And I got home and I was still quite shaken from the whole afternoon. And my husband had seen it live on air. He'd watched Pete, you know, sort of unravel. And he said to me, are you okay? And I burst into tears and I said, I just love him so much. And he said, you should tell him that. And I went, are you kidding? I tell him that every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So it's not like we have to wait for something bad to happen before you acknowledge how wonderful it is to have someone in your life. We <laughs> acknowledge it every day. No, it's good. It's that's, that's a terrific relationship to have. Hey, your, your relationship with radio, uh, you, you seem to love it and it seems to love you. Oh, I really enjoy radio. I mean, I personally get so much joy out of listening to the radio, whether it's music that lifts my mood or whether I'm, you know, figuring out what's going on in the world. And I love I love hearing people ring up with their stories or their comments or their ideas. You know, every single person has something interesting to say. You've just got to hear it or find it or search for it. You know, I, I, I do love radio and I, I think it's, it's a wonderful way to reach people and to know what's going on. Now, I was listening to you on the radio <laughs> recently, and I have a question. Oh. Because, uh, because of the nature of the way uh, radio is set up these days, you did a, a teaser, a, a hook, and you said, coming up, I'm going to play the music of someone who I had, whose posters I had all over my <laughs> wall when I was a, a teenage girl, 
And, of course, as is the nature of the beast, I pulled over and did something else and came back and went, oh, I wanted to find out who Lavinia had on the wall of her her bedroom. Who was it? Who did did you have on the wall of your bedroom? Okay. A poster, I should point out, not the actual person. Well, there were a few posters on the walls of my bedroom, but in that instance, I was referring to Rick Astley. Rick Astley. (laughs) He was also next to Brock. Oh. Do you remember those twin oh, bros? Yes, oh, yes. When they be famous. Along with Transvision Bamp, yes, some of that era. Oh. So, yeah, there was a lot going on on my wall. I used to lie in bed all night and stare at the. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> so, with that in mind and, and these posters from your childhood. It, Rick Astley. Oh, he was wonderful, Kevin. Yeah. I saw him in concert in 1987. Um, he very funny as well. I yeah, saw him recently. No, he's, he's a cracker. <laughs> well, that's interesting. It brings us to another point. If you were to have a dinner party, Lavinia, at your place and you could invite anybody you liked, dead or alive, who who would be on your guest list? Okay, number one, Steve Martin. Oh. He is just brilliant. His comic timing, his acting, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is one of my favourite movies. <laughs> Not in part because of where it's shot. I just think he, um, and obviously he's had such a long, stellar career. He's so talented. I he would be definitely an invitee around my dinner table that he's catered for. <laughs> 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 I would get some external catering for that gig. Uh, who else would I have? I'd have Darcy Bustle, the ballerina. I have, I've always loved ballet. I have a fascination with ballet, ballerinas, their lifestyle. I'm about to host World Ballet Day. Every time there's a new ballet coming up, I'm always there. I'm always pushing for nine years to interview <laughs> different artistic directors and things and always pushing for all of that. So I would love to sit down and have dinner with um, someone who has conquered that and made an entire life out of living and loving their passion. I would love to sit down with her. Kate Middleton. Oh, yes. oh, uh-huh. Isn't she fascinating? Oh, she is. She's just, um, I'm in awe of her actually. So am I. She's just perfect. Can yes. I say that? She's sporty. She's diplomatic. She dresses really well. She's highly intelligent. She manages to navigate the media She's a beautiful mother. You know, I saw her at the Queen's funeral and she obviously had two of her children there. Naughty Louis had to stay <laughs> home. <laughs> He's a no one, one could control him. He's hilarious. <laughs> so she had the other two there and, you know, she sort of subtly just went down. Like she, she it's like she sunk. She didn't even bend over or anything. She just sunk down to talk to them, to remind them to bow to the coffin as it passed. And then she rose up again and the children did all the right things and you know she's so amazing I just think she's an incredible role model and they are so lucky to have someone of her of her kindness and empathy and intelligence I think she's an amazing woman okay so then we need some more laughs what about Jerry Seinfeld oh yeah oh yeah sneakers and all (laughs) vintage 1994 yeah of course, of course, the best kind. Um, is that enough? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's plenty. I think plenty. that's great. That's plenty. That's, that's a terrific ensemble. I throw Tom Cruise in, but there's no religion talk. 
Oh, exactly. <laughs> I just think he's amazing. I love his movies that he does. I'm not interested in his personal life at all. I just ignore all of that. But I think his movies are spot on and he's very talented. And the way he does all those stunts, my kids and I watch constantly on YouTube videos about how they do different things and we're just fascinated by it. So he, he can join our dinner party too. That would be quite fun. Lavinia, it's been an absolute delight to catch up with you and have a chat. Thank you so much for your time. We've really appreciated it. We know you're incredibly busy and, uh, you know, mum of two and all that sort of stuff. So, so thanks for being on Food Bites. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm going to go and uh, burn a cake and, uh, <laughs> yeah, just stuff up dinner. And <laughs> No, you've inspired me. I'll, I'll actually read the recipe this time, okay? <laughs> Good thanks, Lavinia. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. I want to be able to say it. Thanks, Lavinia. (laughs) (laughs) Our good friend Brian Mannix, that is the highlight of his day when uh, Lavinia wraps up her weather report and uh, she throws back to Peter Hitchener and he says, thanks, Lavinia. (laughs) It is one of the icon moments of watching television uh, in the state of Victoria. Yes. Now, let's get to the food poll because it's an interesting one. Uh, I have no attachment to either of these these two things at all, none whatsoever. I don't like either of them. mm -hmm. I I wouldn't walk across the street to eat either of them. Put pancakes up against waffles. Yep. If I were to choose, I'd say the waffles catch a bit more maple syrup in those little square holes. Oh, well, you're about to find out how all <laughs> that works out, the, uh, the logistics of that. All right, Terry Daniel starts us off. He says he likes both, but if you're looking for something a little bit crispier, then waffles fit. Uh, the ice cream just lives, it, it sort of it seeps on top and it, it fits easier into the square holes, which is what I've just said. Right. He copied me. Okay. <laughs> Sue says, I'm going with waffles. Those little squares are awesome for trapping uh, maple syrup and ice cream. Oh, gee whiz. Where did that come from? Recurring theme. Michelle says, OMG, you are asking the hard questions today. I can't decide and I would have either. Uh, right. Linda says both, but if I really had to choose, well, that's the object, yes. Linda. Pancakes. Silvana, pancakes for me, definitely. Rebecca says both. Aaron says waffles with chicken. Pancakes with bacon. See, this is what confuses <laughs> me with these. I just don't know whether they're whether they're sweet or savoury. Oh. Robin says definitely waffles with whipped cream, ice cream, and strawberries and blueberries. Oh, Kevin, that sounds up almost getting me there. Almost getting in the year with that. Lisa says pancakes. Muriel Cooper says definitely pancakes. Stephen says waffles with maple syrup and cream. Oh, yummy. <laughs> Rosemary says definitely waffles with maple syrup. Cherie Dodson, one of each, please. Julie says pancakes with lemon and sugar or berry compo. Yes, compo, I think Com-pe. it is. Oh, good. <laughs> or as my dad used to call it, a compot. Com- a compot. Yeah. <laughs> like compost. Um, oh, well, that's... Just the berry, the berry compost. <laughs> <laughs> Violet says, pancakes with fresh lemon juice every time. Love them. I don't expect I will ever have them again, though. Oh, Okay, that's sad. Violet? I only live once. Fran says, pancakes. Karen, definitely pancakes. Sandra says, ooh, pancakes, but only just. Sue Hosking says, I haven't had waffles in years, but I love both. If I have to make a choice, probably pancakes just by a nose. Bart says, pancakes are in a league of their own compared to waffles. 
And Butcher, in response to Bart, says waffles are like eating cardboard. Pancakes are in a league of their own compared to waffles. Uh, Linda says waffles need caramel sauce oh, and ice cream. I think they do. Fair enough. So do I. Glenn says, mmm, del- <laughs> decisions, decision. I was delicious, about to say delicious, delicious. delicious. <laughs> can't read. Uh, what kind of a newsreader am I? Yeah. Sorry, Pat, I can't make a decision. Jimmy Wilson says no and no. So not waffles, not pancakes, except duck pancakes. I love how Jim always inserts his own option in there. <laughs> yeah. Jim's like on another program. <laughs> Jim's on Food Bites with Jim Wilson. <laughs> oh, croaky, pancakes. I'll even travel far to get mine. Fat, flavourful, fluffy flapjacks at a US diner. Oh, yeah. I do remember seeing them in America when I was over there and going. They do going, them well. Ooh. They do the fluff factor well. Yeah, they well. do do them well. Uh, Stephen Quartermain says, pancakes with maple syrup and fatty bacon washed down with coffee. I love how he specifies fatty bacon. Yeah. Stuart says, uh, I've never had a waffle, so pancakes. <laughs> Can someone point me to the skinny bacon? Because um, <laughs> I reckon I should be eating that. Now, Wayne says, when faced okay. with these two stodgy offerings, oh. I would choose the humble pancake. Okay. Waffles are stupid oh. and require a piece of kitchen gadgetry that's only good for one thing. Kitchen cupboard space is important. Ridiculous pieces mm. of tat that you only use once in a decade, <laughs> if you're lucky, are a waste of space. Good point, Sounds like Mike. a pasta machine we yes, used to have. Yes, it does. <laughs> Plus, the waffle iron is harder to clean than a teenager's room. Yes, it <laughs> yeah. is. Waffles also look like something you pack fragile items in when you're moving. <laughs> and adding syrup to them means that you end up with pools of excessive sweetness <laughs> that provide a sugar rush so intense your teeth disintegrate. <laughs> Plus, it seems waffles are favoured by the hippopotami. <laughs> I love this. I'll, I'll, I'll start that again so as I don't muck it up. Plus, it seems waffles are flavoured by the hippopotami that inhabit the culinary wasteland that is the United oh. States. Uh, so that rules them out of the diet of sane people and those of us with functioning taste buds. <laughs> you can actually spread things on pancakes, yeah. which make them instantly much better. Uh, other areas pancakes beat waffles. Uh, you can stack pancakes. Yeah. You can add cool stuff like chocolate chips to pancake yeah. batter. Try either of those things with waffles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think not. <laughs> but in reality, both are pretty much stodgy, poor excuses for breakfast and should not even be considered when the magic of bacon and eggs oh, exists. Good one, Wayne. I'd have to go pancakes. My childhood memory is, uh, as some people refer to, the uh, the lemon and sugar on the pancakes and you roll them up and you stick them in your gold. Yeah, never been a fan of either, to be honest, but pancakes wins just. It's a 60-40 split mm. uh, over the waffles, but uh, waffles seem to be something that you put... Well, uh, I think waffles yeah. are not something you make at home. I think they're something you yeah. go out to eat yeah, if you go and have breakfast. Say, so I don't usually have these. Why isn't there the waffle parlour? There's the pancake parlour. Why isn't there the waffle parlour? Is that why pancakes have won this Kevin, you've hit upon a brilliant business franchise. I don't think so because they, they're not... They're not beating pancakes. So if you had a pancake parlour there next to a waffle parlour, guess who gets the most business? Mm, Hillia Waffles. Hmm. Hillia's Waffle World. Hey, Hillia, the world of Hillia Waffles. Hillia Waffles has been something a lot of radio people have said about me over the years. Don't less worry about of the that. waffle. Yes, less waffle, Kev, more shutting Kev up. Isn't it the KISS principle, K-I-S-S? Keep, Keep it, it simple. Keep it simple, Kevin. Stupid. Yeah.
Uh, that is Food Bites uh, with Sarah Patterson and up until now, Kevin Hillier. Uh, but I may be gone. I could be waffling off into the distance or waddling off into the distance. Thanks to Lavinia Nixon. Thank you so much. Absolute delight to have her on the program. Enjoy that. Uh, enjoy uh, until we talk to you next time. It's been my pleasure having you, Kevin, in my existence. Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and some other bloke. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Oh, thank you, Lavinia.